Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to a new episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. Uh, this week, my guest is Conley Pearson. Um, this week, we're going to take a little bit of a different tangent. I know a lot of times we talk about real estate. We did stocks once, I think, but almost every episode is real estate. Did a couple episodes recently on um, some different businesses. And honestly, I wanted to do more stuff on businesses because I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of possibility, even businesses that complement your other businesses. Um, I know a lot of people listen to this. They do the Airbnbs all over the U.S. And this week, we're going to talk about Turo, which I think co could complement a lot of these businesses. Um, you guys have property, you have land sitting in places, there's spots to put cars. Um, so anyway, found Connolly. Uh, he's doing uh, Turo. Maybe I'll, I'll let you give a little bit of an intro for yourself, and then we'll go into it. Yeah, so my name's Conley. I'm in Denver, Colorado. I started a actual sprinkler business a few years ago, yeah. which is what caused me to get into Turo last really? year. Really? <laughs> so it's a pretty interesting story. Um, it's actually all a tax play. So the, okay. big, the big deal with Turo, right, is you're buying vehicles, at, or you can lease them, but most people buy the vehicles, put them on Turo, and that's the business model. Um, I don't believe that to be a super awesome, profitable business model, right? Okay. If you're buying a car and renting the car, there's companies that do that at a mass scale. So they've got all operating efficiencies to beat out us little guys. Yeah. However, what's cool about the tax code, especially for the past four years, is the bonus depreciation law, which was you can expense 100% of any 100% business use vehicle in year one. So, so you're talking, sorry to cut you off. You're talking yeah. about code 179, which people aren't familiar with this. As long as it's over 5,000 pounds or something like that, you can write off so the vehicle. That is a different. That's a different code. Line. Okay. So that's a weight uh, trigger, right? That allows yep. you to do that. This was bonus depreciation. So different category. Okay. It works right. for any vehicle as long as it is a 100% business use vehicle. So think of sprinkler company buying a work truck, yep. that counts. Think of rental car company buying a rental car, that counts. Real estate professional driving around to show people, uh, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but basically all this has gone through my CPA, so I'm very confident in the strategy, right? And okay. the idea is my sprinkler company took off last year, made yep. a lot more income than I had anticipated and had a very, big profit at the end of the year that I had not planned on or yep. put aside any tax money for. So I'm sitting there at the end of the year thinking, how am I going to not have to write a big fat check to the IRS at the end of the year, right? So what I did is I went and bought a Turo car. I put 0% down on a 0% interest loan, GMC Yukon. Yep. So effectively I paid one payment last year of $2,300. Okay. I also made $2,300 in revenue on Turo. I also wrote off the entire $80,000 that the car costs, which helps offset my income from my other business. So by going to the airport, you know, three times a week to wash the car, take pictures, upload them, communicate with guests, I paid myself effectively $30,000 by not paying it in taxes. So I did it again and again. And <laughs> then I've effectively sold that business, the sprinkler business. So I have big asset sale this year yep. with a large amount of profit coming in. And so I just bought another car yesterday. So 
Cool. Is that car going to be enough to offset <clears throat> that business? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I mean, depending on what you're getting, right? So yeah. I've I've now got two Yukons that I did in calendar year 22. I've got a Bronco that I got yesterday. And then I actually put in my personal truck into the business as my service vehicle. Because yeah. like 99% of my miles on that thing are just driving to the airport to go wash the cars. Mm -hmm. So cool. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Turo itself. Well, actually, you know what? We never even talked about what Turo is. Let's first <laughs> tell me. Some people are going, what the heck are they talking about? So yeah. what is Turo? So think Airbnb, but cars. So guests come into your city or locals even can use it. Um, we'll rent your car if their car breaks down, if they're coming in for a ski trip or a family vacation or whatnot. I've had guests that are coming to see their kids graduate at CU. So they'll pick up my car for the airport, drive up to Boulder and spend the week up there and then, you know, bring it back, drop it off, fly home. So yeah. pretty simple business model. Uh, they've got everything from $20 a day Honda Civics all the way up to like Lamborghinis and all that jazz. So, yeah. And it's whatever you want. Like I um, typically I fly down to Florida. I, I get a Turo every time and you're like, why not just rent a car? Well, like, honestly, there's just so much more variety. The, right. if you want you something really cheap, you can exactly get something what you cheap. want. Yeah. 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 It, you know, you're actually renting for some other people. The one pe right. thing that people are going to say is, well, what about the convenience? Like I have, if I went to, you know, enterprise or something, I could just oh, pick it up at the no airport. Line. Yeah. There's no line. I do hundred percent airport work. So between my trips, my car stay at the airport. I don't go get them and bring them home. Um, so it's, right next to the rental car lot. Like if you're in, ever been to Denver and gone to get a rental car, you get your bags, you go to the fifth Island, you take a shuttle to the rental car lot, same thing. So you show up there, difference is my cars are valeted. So you get off yep. that bus, they drop you off right at the car. The car's on, AC's running or heat's running, depending on what time of year it is. And <laughs> just get in the car and you're, you're good to go. There's no sitting there waiting for contracts, right? Like you do all of that online ahead of time, so. Yeah. And it, is it like for the airport parking valet? Because, you know, I do that whenever I'm flying out and it, you know, it kind of adds up to to let a car sit there for like a you know week or eight days. Do they have like a monthly rate or how do you get that price? So in? Denver airport actually will not allow these parking lots to give you a monthly rate. So no, <laughs> but just adjust your pricing. So you're booked more. Right. Okay. If my car sits for more than five days, I change. You got to change the price. So I'm never sitting for more than five days in a row. I'll change the price or I'll go get it at that point if I know it's going to sit for five days. But I guess that makes sense, right? Because then you're only paying when the car sits there. You don't want the car sitting there. You want it out working, right? Right. So if normally it rents for 150 bucks a day and you know it's going to sit for five days, I'll go drop the price on those five days to $75. Somebody will book it, you know? And then like four, so you show up, it's running, um, how is this, uh, how do you make this safe for you? Your car isn't going to get stolen. How do you make it safe for the person to pick it up and drop it off? Yeah. So if one is looking to get into the Turo business, there are two ways to kind of go about it. You can be a regular Joe Schmo with your car that you put on Turo, right? Totally fine to do that. Not a huge issue if any liabilities arise. However, if you're looking to get into Turo as a business person and you want to cover your ass and make sure that you are not exposing any other business assets or huge liabilities in the future, I recommend the second way of getting into Turo, which is form an entity. 
buy the car in that entity, go get commercial fleet insurance, right? All of these things so that if your car gets stolen, if your car is in a 27 car pileup coming down the mountain on in ski season, blah, 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 you have coverage for that. Because if you're a regular Joe Schmo, just renting your car out, right? You're covered under Turo's um, business liability policy up to $750,000 with traveler's insurance, right? So there's coverage there, but it's just not as covered as I would like it. So I went and, you know, jumped through all the hoops to make sure it's all lined up. So if my car gets stolen, I have a $3,000 deductible, but I get paid out for a replacement cost. So. Gotcha. We were down in uh, uh, Fort Myers, Florida, and not me, but the people we were, I was with, they had a Porsche that they were, they'd gotten delivered from Miami or something. They drove it over across and then they just showed up in the parking garage and their the instructions were like, the key is under the mat in the car. And you're like, it's a freaking, you know, <laughs> it's a Porsche sitting there and you, you, yep. you have the keys sitting in it. Right. But I guess a lot of people don't know to go check all the doors. Um, that, that, was, right. that was one of the things that kind of scared me. Just like the, the, they're sometimes they're just sitting there unlocked. Yeah. Well, different cars have different capabilities, right? And different hosts have different ways they do things. So yeah. my cars, I really tr only buy cars that are new enough to be Turo Go eligible, which means that I have an app that opens the car, unlocks, locks, starts, mm -hmm. all that, right? And with Turo Go, the guest can sync through Turo to this third-party app, Ford or GMC, and they can unlock the car. So that's a huge thing for me, both security wise, right. That's and crazy. just convenience wise, right. A guest shows up to their car, the app, the Turo app is showing them exactly where the car is. So if you're, if you don't have valet, right. Not everywhere has that as an option, but your guests can go to the car, follow their little pin, right. To get right to it and click unlock and it opens doors. So a lot more secure that way than even putting a lock box on the window, you know, like I'm sure you've seen that or plenty of people have seen that. Um, or on the door handle or in the trailer hitch. I mean, there's probably five cars, 10 cars a week that get stolen from Denver airport with those trailer hitches. And there's just a bunch of them broken on the ground. Um, but if you have good insurance and you're not negative on your car, like down in equity, then it's not that bad to get them stolen. I've heard I'm not hoping for that, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> Does the uh, age of the vehicle matter? Like I know you're doing new ones to get that Turo go to work. Like if you have like an old, like, you know, Camry that's 10 years old. Can you still make this work? Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it all depends on your strategy, right? Like. If you're a regular person and you want to make a little bit of side income, you can yeah. put your old Camry on there. Yeah. I don't think it'll be worth your time, but that's just me, right? If it rents for 25 to 50 bucks a day and someone rents it for two days, do you want to go wash that car every two days and wipe it down with sanitation every two days and take pictures of, you know, I got 60 photos every trip minimum. A lot of people are doing 120 photos of the car every trip, right? So it's a lot of work for 50 bucks. And then you got to split some of that with Turo. We'll talk about that in a second, but you got to split some of that with Turo 
And so you're taking home $40 for, you know, several hours of work for, and that's if they pick it up at home. If it's at the airport, you're talking eight. I don't know if it's worth it. So for me, it's all about the tax play again, right? So there are people that have 30 $10,000 cars in Denver and they rent them out for one day, a couple hours, whatever people need, right? And they're just constantly turning those things around. That's their full-time job. I personally run two other businesses and I've got a nine to five. So there's no room for me to be making $20 <laughs> trips to the airport. That's not worth my time. Yeah. How much does, you just mentioned uh, the Turo cut. How much does Turo charge? So there's a couple different plans. We'll start at the the most cover your ass way, yep. which is the 60 plan is what they call it. So I take home 60% of the trip earnings. Turo keeps 40%. Yep. With that plan, I'm covered for any scratch, ding, whatever, replacement vehicle. If my vehicle gets wrecked and goes into the shop for a month, I get 50 bucks a day for that thing. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty good plan, right? But you're giving up 40% of your earnings. Yeah. Then we'll go all the way to the other end, which is the 90 plan. So I'm keeping 90% of the revenue. Taro gets 10. And then the insurance breakdown is a lot different. So my deductible is then $2,500. Yeah. I have no coverage if my car's in the shop for a month. And I can't even charge a guest for a small scratch or dent. Anything under three inches is not covered. So mm -hmm. it's a very different scale. And they have three other plans in between. They got a 75 and 80 and an 85, I think. So they, those are the two ends of the spectrum and there's middle ground. Yeah. And it might make sense about, you know, you factored into your cost, but you need to keep that, that car moving. And it might be dependent on if you're trying to tour an old Camry or trying to tour a brand new, Definitely. whatever you say. How'd you, how'd you pay for it? Right. I got one car that I, the first one that I did 0% interest, 0% down. Right. I don't have a ton of equity in that car. So yeah. At first, I was on like the 75 plan. So I was, had some coverage. I think I had a $500 deductible. But then I went and bought my second Yukon in cash. And so I figured, hey, between these two, I'm good, right? I've got plenty of equity. So I put them both on the 90 plan. I just had my first claim last month with one of them. It was the one I got in cash. And I had like scratches and a little dent and blah, blah, blah. It came out to be like $2,000 of assessed damage is what Turo's claims person said yeah. and I was like mm, $2,000 I kind of envisioned this might happen right and I did the math the difference between the 75 plan and the 90 plan for what I had done last six months or so was about $2,000 so it was essentially break even right but I didn't go and replace the door panel I didn't go and replace the windshield I didn't go and replace the taillight I okay. took it to my detailer I got it completely paint corrected ceramic coated and I got the windshield chipped repaired. So all yeah. of that cost me about 1200 bucks instead of 2000. It did the whole car for the paint correction and the ceramic coating. So I'm protected going forward. Yep. Um, and I would have, I could have right been covered for that scenario, but I would have given up two grand instead. I'm out of pocket 1200. I kept all the other revenue in between and I mean, my, my car is in better shape, mostly overall, right? You can still see a couple of those scratches, but mostly like the paint looks better. I could have got just those areas fixed for like 200 bucks with just a, a polish, right? But I just did the whole thing because I figured it was time. Interesting. Okay. And then like you, you're just talking about cleaning a little bit, um, yeah. you know, between, you know, people driving this car, they rent it for a day or two or a week. Um, 
like how do you, how do you clean it? Do you physically have to go clean it? Is there such thing as like a property manager we have for properties that would very much so? So you can get a co-host, which would be, hey, I run a tarot account. You've got a car. Yeah, we can like sync up, and you know we'll do some type of rev share. Often yeah. it's like you give me thirty percent to manage your car. That's everything from cleaning it, talking to the guests, all that jazz. If the car goes down, still sucks for you, right? Like. Yeah, but that's that's part of the rest of the business. Um, there's also services uh, here in Denver, at least there's a few folks that will go out and do a flip for you, which is they go out to the car, they get the keys somehow, however you give them to the guest normally, right? Yeah. They'll wash the car exterior, spray it down, usually soap, maybe not whatever it needs, really. Um, and like vacuum the inside, wipe down all the surfaces, take pictures, send them to you. And then you're still communicating with the guest. So that service costs anywhere from 50 to hundred bucks, depending on who you're using and how big the car is. Um, so very doable in a remote way, right? Like if I was out of town, I could pay somebody to do that service for the three times I'll be gone, or I can do it myself when I'm here, or I could have that guy always do it, or I could co-host with, you know, whoever else is, is running the cars. The thing with co-hosting is it's a little bit like the wild west. Like yep. it's, pretty new there's no rules like Turo doesn't help you right like your insurance doesn't help you so you really got to trust your co-host right they're in charge of documenting that car's condition every single trip so if you get a ton of minor scratches and they don't say anything three times in a row you're kind of sol by the time it's all scratched up in a mess so you got you really got to trust that co-host yeah that makes a lot of sense um when i rented my last Turo uh down in florida um Part of the return was I had to drive it through a car wash uh, on the way back. Um, was there was a, it was beside the airport parking, and I had to drive the car through there. And I had like a a code I put in, and it paid for the you know they already prepaid for the the wash, but I had to take it there too. Yeah, so there's always that possibility you might be able to get oh, that. That's actually against the rules. Um, oh, I'm sure it was in the description, right, and the text that the host sent you that said like, "Hey, you got to take it through the car wash, or I'm gonna find you a hundred bucks," right? But that's not allowed. So people oh. do that, but it's not allowed. Okay, well, that's that's a good tip. I know now that I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. It really sucked because I was doing it. If like, it was like really morning. a mess, yeah, then they can charge you a cleaning fee if it's more than a regular thing, right? So like every trip, my cars go on here. We're getting that like dark black mud on the side of the cars from the melted snow. Can't charge for that. Every single trip, there's like that same mud on the floor mats. Can't charge for that. Yeah. Just regular stuff. So if you were to drop a can of peanuts all over the back seat, oh, I could yeah. probably charge you for it. If you're smoking in the car, you're going to get charged for it. If you go off-roading and it's caked in mud, you're going to get charged for it. But I mean, those are not regular use of the car, right? Anything that's regular use and regular cleaning, that's included in your trip. Okay. Yeah. No, mine was just like, it was just dust from, you know, driving around town yeah, on yeah. the outside. So you should not have had to clean the car. What that host does is he tells you to do it so that he doesn't have to drive out there and do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Genius, but against the rules, I guess. Well, he can ask you to do it. He just can't require you to. Oh, okay. All right. Um, any funny stories doing this? Any interesting stuff that's ever happened? Uh, yeah. My very first trip um we'll just say i had a guest named vale and they drove to vale and then there was a blizzard and they did not want to drive back from vale they wanted to fly home from vale and then asked me to go get the car which was not really all that realistic given that it was like a wednesday and i had work to do <laughs> um so she actually even offered me like 
1200 bucks to come do it. But like, I just did not have the physical time in the day to be able to do it. Um, and at the same, like the same trip time, my car had gotten a recall. So it was just like a software update for something like really silly. Like it yeah, just yeah. didn't even matter. But because there was a recall, it can't be rented out. Like that's a national federal rule. Um, and so it was already on trip. So it's supposed to finish the trip, but because of the storm, the trip time had ended and she hadn't left yet. So they wouldn't allow her to extend the trip because there was a recall. So she couldn't drive it home. So I spent about eight hours on the phone with Turo customer service, trying to figure this thing out while I'm trying to work. Like I'm just like on hold on the side all day long. Yeah. And, uh, eventually they figured out like, oh yeah, we do have to let her drive it back to Denver. Duh. Um, but it's, it's just forever. So. Wasn't that funny, um, but no. it's funny now. <laughs> More of a pain in the butt, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's been pretty smooth sailing from there. Um, I've had pretty good guests. Um, car selection also matters in what guests you get, right? So you're driving an, or renting out an $80,000 Yukon with seven seats that costs $200 a day to rent. You have a very different renter than if you have a 10-year-old Camry, right, that costs $30 a day. So I've never had smokers in my car. I've never had a big mess. I've had like that first damage claim I told you with like a little scratch and a, a chip in the windshield. Um, but that's the first one I've had. The only one I've had so far, you know, six months in. Yeah. And even still, like, so say you got a Yukon, right? Um, yep. You got 0% down. Um, even if it didn't make any money, you're using it for some tax purposes. You you rent it out. It breaks even on the whole thing. How long were you financing this over? Like five years, seven years? Three. Eight? The 0% interest, 0% down was a three-year deal. So you can get different loan options, right? Like that's all yeah. fine and dandy. But what I was going for was, hey, if it's 0% interest, right? And I'm owing the, the IRS a check for 30 grand, yeah. but I can buy this car and write them a check for zero. It costs me nothing to do that over time, right? So basically it was a free experiment for me because yeah. it didn't cost anything to borrow. How long will it take me to pay that car off? Three years. Will it pay for itself? Yes. So theoretically, in three years, it'll break even, right? I will have saved myself the 30 grand. And I, I think of my time that I'm spending as paying myself $30,000. Yeah. No, it, it makes sense. Even times in three years, you don't have, you have all the payments done and it'll actually start making you money, right? Exactly. And well, or you can so, sell the prop, how the sell the vehicle. It's hard well, to pay it off. Not if you did the depreciation I talked about. You got to keep right. it for five years, and then when you sell it, you pay taxes on the the sale of that vehicle. And recapture, yeah. Yeah, but here's my plan: you wait five years, right? Even if they don't rent, you can have a business that doesn't operate at a hundred percent efficiency, right? Like if I get sick of going to the airport after they've paid themselves off, I just park them outside the house set the price to, you know, 200 bucks and see if people will pick them up from my house. And if they won't, they won't. Right. It's like part of business. And then after five years, I go trade all of them in for one really nice car. And I've got a really nice car that my business owns and I'm the president of the business. And I get to drive that around and meet with clients. Awesome. I love this. I don't know. This is a different spin than I thought this was going to go. So I, I like it. And I had the yeah, tax elements. That's kind of my MO is I, I'm doing things that people know about, but there's a whole different strategy behind it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can have a rental property and you can depreciate that, but you have to spend so many hours as a real estate professional to carry that loss forward against your ordinary income. Yeah. That's not what the rule is here, right? You just buy the car, you depreciate it, you have a massive loss. 
and you can use that to offset any ordinary income. If you're a regular W-2 guy and you've got $100,000 that you make every year and you buy a $100,000 car, you're going to get a tax refund of 100% of your withholdings from last year. I love it. Conley, um, people want to track you down. People want to find out if you have any uh, business you could work on or co-host or anything with you. How do they find you? What do you got? Yeah, uh, email is the best I got. Ad hoc consulting LLC, A D H O C consulting LLC at gmail.com. That's about it. I'm That's not awesome. really a big social podcast guy. I, I just thought I had a good strategy I'd share. So, no, it's good. And uh, yeah, you want to reach out to him? Maybe there's a, maybe there's an opportunity to, to work with him on something or coach you on something or yeah, whatever. I've got consulting business, asset management, doing. I'm I'm newly doing business management and then co-hosting is always an option or, you know, just some strategic conversations for fun. So. Love it. Well, Connelly, thank you for coming on the show. I, uh, I appreciate it. I learned some stuff like always, or not always, not that's actually, <laughs> I, I don't always listen to learn stuff when I do the podcast, but I, I learned stuff on this one. Uh, I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Glenn. Talk to you. That was a nice video. Bye.